The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Hello and welcome to the Provoke Podcast. I am Diana Marzalek with Provoke Media. Uh, we're here today with Clyde Group. We have Alex Slater, who is founder and CEO of Clyde Group. And we have Contessa Kellogg-Winters, who is a senior VP at Clyde Group. And I welcome you both. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot. No, it's a pleasure to, sp- to speak with you. We, um, as you all know, we started this conversation a while ago um, on the heels of the release of your DEI report from 2021. And we've had a lot of interesting conversations since, um, particularly interested from my point of view, because you were founded in, I believe it's 2015, right? As, as an intentionally diverse company. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. And, and so, you know, while the whole industry is sort of catching up or trying at least to catch up um, to the goal of being diverse, um, you've had that in your DNA for six, seven years now. And I'm wondering where, you know, the last year and in your research and in your, in your own internal look at what you're doing, um, you know, where that has brought you to. Is it, I imagine it's still a challenge, in other words, to, to get to where you want to be, no matter how you started off. I, I think that's right. And, um, you know, we were founded uh, in 2015, and one of our principles uh, then is intentionally diverse, as you said. Um, and so it's both um, extremely gratifying um, and a little frustrating uh, that it took so much uh, with the murder of George Floyd and the social reckon- uh, reckoning after uh, to get, well, all industries, but our industry to really pay attention to this area, both externally, by the way, as they advise and we advise clients, uh, but internally as we look at our own houses um, as well. So. Um, it's it's great that our industry is going there. We've got a lot more work to do. And for us, it's always been a question of adding uh, accountability to the idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, which is a real part of why we did this first and we think pretty forward-looking uh, report at the end of last year that would hold ourselves accountable, benchmark our progress, uh, both in terms of uh, quantitative and qualitative um, diversity. So where did you find yourself? Are you where you want to be or expect to be? It's a great question. I'll, I'll turn it over to Contessa in one moment. Um, the answer is we will never be where we want to be. Right. By very definition, this is what I tell clients all the time. If you look at it that way, um, you're not doing it right. This is an intentional journey that requires constant attention uh, and looking at our own house is no, no different. Um, that said, uh, I think you know, we, we had our staff complete, uh, in addition to the clear demographics, we had our staff complete a lot of survey questions about their experience at Clyde Group and whether they could show up as their authentic selves. Um, and that was, you know, we rated it out of five. Um, what we're telling our clients um, is really anything above four is, um, is good as a benchmark. Uh, there was one area, and actually maybe Contessa, you can talk about that area of weakness that we really, um, that we noted was under four, one question, and that, um, and that was an interesting experience. Yeah, okay, Contessa, what was that question? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the floor. Um, 
Yeah, happy to take this. So, you know, when you talk about, you know, us being intentionally diverse and are we what we want to be, you know, as Alex mentioned, it's a journey and we have to figure out kind of what that means, not just in terms of an um, objective metric according to percentages or what the team looks like, but also what it feels like for, our, for the people within our organization. And so, you know, we ran the idea survey in 2020, just before I joined Clyde Group. And um, when I joined, um, I was asked to become part of the ideal leadership. And um, it was really important to me that the team feel like they had access to everyone involved in idea consistently so that we could really reflect the desires, the needs, the concerns of the team. And when we came to doing this survey this year, there was a question that um, had been kind of, I made up based on some conversations I had which is that even though we're doing much better in terms of actual um, you know, diversity within the organization, that's diversity of gender, of age, of sexual orientation, of race and ethnicity, we've made some real bounds there. But there was a question about whether or not um, we accurately and authentically represented uh, the current state of diversity with our external audiences, whether or not we were being authentic and telling the story of the diversity within our organization. And I kind of distilled this question from a few different conversations I'd had, it would have been a new question. And when I wrote the survey, I presented it to um, Alex and Aubrey, our chief operating officer and one of the founders of our company who works very closely with me in idea. And there was a lot of pushback about this question, about whether or not it was necessary, whether or not it was reactionary, whether or not it was um, something that we could, you know, any question we ask in the survey, we intend to, you know, take lessons from it, whatever whatever uh, you know, score it gets, you know, we are dedicated to being accountable and actioning if something looks worrying. And there was a question about whether or not we would even know what to do with this or what the, what the, what the results or the answers themselves would mean. Um, it got really fractious and we did put it on the survey at the end, um, which I really appreciate Alex and Aubrey kind of coming around and listening to the reasons why I felt so strongly about it. And it ended up being our lowest score on the surveys. So when we put it to the entire team, we scored a 3.88. It's our only score but below a four. And most of our scores were either middle fours to high fours, but this was really glaring to us. And, and I'm so sorry, I don't, was, want to inter- I, I don't want to interrupt you, although that is a, a, a good trait of mine <laughs> or, a, or no, a problem please. of mine. Um, I just want please. to boil down the question was telling telling the story of the diversity within the organization? I just want to pinpoint what, what was this question exactly? So the question itself, and I do have it up, um, <laughs> is Clyde Group does a good job of accurately and authentically representing its current state of diversity with external audiences. With external audiences. Okay. Okay. That's right. I'm sorry to interrupt you. The floor is yours. No, please. I'm glad that you did. I like a clarifying question. If you go to our survey, which is available um, on our website, you'll see this is question number two under intentionally diverse. Um, You know, and we were really concerned about the responses that we got to that. And so getting that score meant that there was work for us to do in an area that we hadn't considered before. Um, I think what's really fantastic is that, you know, we get to um, you know, take these moments in the calendar year to really kind of reflect on what else the team might need um, and to be able to build that into our survey work. And we've been able to, you know, take that and already build some learnings in and work with the team to begin to, you know, make some positive gains in that area. 
Um, we've been really, really kind of encouraged by the trust the team has put in us with that kind of honesty. And we've already seen that, you know, people are feeling a lot better, not just about like this school itself, but some of the other measures of accountability that we've put into place um, with, the, with the idea survey. Well, how do you answer that or, or raise that? You're talking about telling the, the story of your own organization externally. What is it that you would do to, to raise those numbers or what was missing or how would an agency tell that story and to whom? So I think what's important is that we go back to the internal. Um, you know, it's always critical that you talk to your team first. Um, to understand what their needs are, um, where kind of any gaps might be between expectation and intention. And so, you know, we've started doing that work to figure out kind of where that disconnect might be. That includes, you know, a lot of conversations, a lot of dialogue, um, you know, many people on the idea committee. I will say the organization, we're only 50, 55 people. Is that right, Alex? I think we are right now. We've done some hiring. Um, and a huge percentage of our team yes. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic is involved in our idea work. And so having this question has led to a lot of fantastic conversations about what some of our communication should look like. Um, you know, we're really fortunate that we have a number of people of color in our staff and we're telling different kinds of stories. You know, for instance, my story is a unique one. I'm, you know, a black woman who converted to Judaism, um, you know, that's not, that's not something that you generally hear about, you know, people of color, especially black women. And so we started like raising other voices and telling different stories. It's a really kind of rich collection of um, experiences we have within the organization. And this question just helped us really think critically about how we do those storytelling um, moments better. Are these all stories your clients are looking to hear at this point? Are they looking to hear and then looking to, to parlay those stories into their own efforts, I imagine. I think our clients probably, um, or I, I think clients or, you know, both both clients in our industry probably um, have that challenge of how they are representing themselves um, externally. And that's sort of, that is our job um, as communicators to come in and make sure that the truth intersects directly with authenticity and humility uh, about what to change in terms of hiring practices, in terms of workplace practices, in terms of culture. Um, so I think that's that's definitely our job. I mean, you know, Contessa, to come back to something you were saying, you know, we were that external perception and um, and making sure we're representing it authentically, warts and all, uh, almost uh, increased the power of the rest of the survey. Um, of you know 20 questions or so which came back extremely positive for us but I think without showing some of that uh, humility uh, the rest is really for naught. And is that humility sort of key not just for Clyde Group because you obviously are acknowledging it you're transparent and you're holding yourself accountable are these issues that are keeping um, the rest of the industry back not the rest I mean that's a big statement but organizations back? I mean, where, no. what is, what is stopping organizations from moving forward or at least slowing them down from moving forward in these arenas? I think there is a great tension. Um, I, I think well, a lot or most of our clients, I think almost all of our clients anyway, are trying to do the right thing with new, for example, employee resource groups or uh, hiring tracking uh, organizations or like cultural 
cultural observations or voting protections. Um, <clears throat> a lot of our clients are doing the right thing, but that is, you know, that's almost separate from their communication strategy, which is, I think, really caught between two places. And the first is we want to be seen to be doing the right thing and communicating the, the action that we are taking. I, and the pull often from, um, uh, from the C-suite is, but we do not want to make a misstep in an area that is incredibly complicated that they often don't understand uh, how to navigate the, uh, the environment and stakeholders and advocacy groups. And critically, they've seen so many of their peers, industry peers, um, misstep in a small way that can then seem um, or can then be blown, uh, blown up um, and often rightly. Um, it's our view that you have to keep communicating and try. Uh, it's a conversation. By definition, there will be missteps. There will never be a good time to start announcing where you are on this journey. So again, yeah, that's where I think it ties back to a little um, humility and honestly, a little bravery. Yeah, absolutely. Bravery and real candor. You've got to be transparent. That is the only way forward. You know, as consultants and advisors, we tell our clients that all the time. It's really, really critical to be open about that journey. And that does force the humility, but it's all enabled by transparency. Right. I mean, I, I'm not the expert. I don't have the expertise that you do in this, but I often think, um, you know, as, as you mentioned, so people, so many people, whether it's internally or externally, or just having a conversation with a peer or a, a colleague, we're all so on edge about making missteps, right? That it that it can sort of hamper the process of moving forward. Definitely. Um, so where do we go with that? So what are some of the new, I know that you have, um, we spoke in the past about some, um, you know, new efforts that you're doing. What have you instituted differently um, in the last year or so, either in response to this report or before this report? Um, what are some of the actions that you are taking? Contessa, you want to take it as the head of our uh, idea group, and maybe it's a good opportunity to go back just a little bit and, and, and say the origins of the idea group. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the so I don't know if we've broken down what idea even means. <laughs> maybe we should listeners. do that. So let's let's do that. It's inclusion, diversity, equity, and accountability um, at Clyde Group is what idea stands for, and you know. Um, one of the things that I am really proud of, um, you know, I was not here when IDEA began. The genesis of it really was Alex and Aubrey. And, you know, they'll sometimes tell the story that they were a DC-based firm, um, you know, kind of working in like the capital of the city that has a really fantastic kind of mix of ethnicities and cultures. And most of the organization was white, despite all of their best efforts. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a question about, you know, kind of, the, the diversity, the desire to be diverse, the, um, you know, kind of, um, you know, orientation towards that was present and alive, but how to make that real was a really kind of critical question that they both asked themselves. So, you know, even before we started IDEA, there was this fantastic kind of, um, you know, tendency towards examination, which I think is what it really takes to do this really well and not to feel bad about not getting it right all the time. You know, but IDEA came out of that moment, um, you know, back in, you know, 2019, you know, 2020, before kind of, you know, everything happened. Well, actually, I think IDEA started in 2018. 
if I'm getting my timeline right. Um, it, it and that, I, I do want to underline that point. I think, you know, uh, there's an additional power to those that were conducting deliberate efforts before the murder of George Floyd. Um, yeah. So the anti-racism bias trainings that we were doing well before that, the group, et cetera, I think was so important to giving us a head start in terms of that A in accountability. But sorry to interrupt you, Contessa. No, please, this is really additive. So it started in 2018 formally. And some of the first things they did were some of the things that Alex just alluded to here, which were bringing in outside experts um, to help us you know, understand um, the mechanics of you know, bias, mechanics of you know, exclusion that happen almost by default in a lot of the workplaces and really trying to figure out how to create um, you know, an environment of inclusivity, how to create a place where people from different backgrounds and different experiences will want to come in and join the organization and not just join, but to also stay at the organization. And so IDEA was basically created as a working group within Clyde Group. And we were still just, you know, 15, 20 people to really kind of look at ways to do better outreach to, for recruitment how to observe and learn about, um, you know, religious moments, uh, cultural moments, things like Black History Month, Women's History Month, the genesis of those things, and to make them part of the workplace in a way that felt like people could show up and be their really authentic selves. And the great thing is that by the time we get to, you know, kind of May of 2020, you know, we had the pandemic happen in March. And then, of course, everyone's world blew up in May of 2020. And I say that, you know, even as, you know, a black woman, there were things that I learned about the racial history and like the racialization of America that I hadn't learned before then. And we were also getting a ton of clients asking us how to make, um, you know, their, uh, you know, kind of their work, you know, more relevant to the social justice movement. And IDEA gave us a, you know, a real head start on that. And as much as we talk about idea, I think one of the things that's really important to know as well is that we don't just look at inclusivity and diversity as part of the working group. It's also part of our strategic plan. It's core to the organization itself. So there are things that idea is asked to do and to consider and to research. And we're a companion and advisory group to you know, the senior management team. So but within that, that, that also means that, you know, they have in strategic plans for the next like, three to five years, real goals baked into that that are completely separate from anything IDEA does. Um, but the other thing is that IDEA is basically charged with helping to advise. And part of that does come down to our IDEA survey. Um, we did the first one in 2020. Um, that happened, I believe, in October, just before I joined. And so we're committed to doing them every single year and to examining them every single year to make sure that the questions are still relevant. We wanna benchmark and see our improvements over time. We hold ourselves accountable for making those scores improve. Um, and we also hold ourselves accountable for making sure that we capture the right things with our team. With last year's survey, we added two additional questions. One was that question about the um, representation. The other was a look at whether or not management across the organization was um, fully invested in the ideas of inclusivity and diversity. Um, because, you know, Alex and Aubrey are amazing to work with. They've created this fantastic environment. The culture of Clyde Group is wonderful, but there was a feeling almost, or a question, I should say, 
about whether or not management kind of up and down the chain were as invested in idea as um, you know kind of the rest of the the rest of the management was. We were able to get like a marking from there and to know better, you know, kind of whether or not um, people felt that they were hearing those messages from their managers. And in some cases, they weren't. And one of the immediate changes that we made, to your point, was bringing more voices to bear to talk about their commitment to idea, to ask for people to, you know, kind of go to the Holocaust Museum, which is one of the activations we had for our idea committee. These were managers who, of course, were equally committed, but people weren't seeing them talk about it or hearing them talk about it. And so we've diversified the number of managers who are sending out messages and talking to their team about it. And that's been a real positive step that we instituted immediately upon seeing the survey results. You know, one of the other things is that, you know, we heard from our, um, you know, Jewish colleagues that there was upset about having to take paid time off for the high holidays. And that was something that, you know, we had been doing as a practice, but during this year's idea survey, it surfaced that a lot of us were really unhappy about that. They're not moments of, um, you know, vacation. These are important moments in terms of our cultural calendars, our religious calendars. These are times with family, days of atonement. And, um, you know, instantly, um, you know, the management team created, um, you know, two floating holidays for people who don't just celebrate great Christian holidays, which are already baked into our governmental calendar. So our Muslim colleagues, you know, the Jewish colleagues like myself, you know, anyone who has, you know, kind of, you know, moments of observance, they can now talk to their managers and get those two floating holidays. So we try to take those, um, you know, those results and make changes pretty quickly. Um, and we also know that, you know, we're looking next year to see how we improve across the board with this idea survey. Well, that um, you brushed on two subjects of particular interest and you answered one quite well, which is that with management, um, it's not necessarily always about a lack of commitment. It goes back to communicating. Everybody's busy. Everybody's trying to do their thing, right? Trying to get the business done and mm-hmm. not necessarily in the, the consciousness of, of discussing these commitments, if I'm hearing you correct, um, that that is kind of an internal communications thing. And with the floating holidays and high holidays, um, we're, that's sort of exemplary of that, that diversity has to look past, not past, I mean, beyond and inclusive of race and ethnicity, right? We're talking yeah. about and sexual orientations, the things that sort of come up to the top of the, the list, given the time that we're in and the reality of where we're at, but inclusivity and diversity is big, correct? I mean, I know. Very much, very much. And it's often, um, often forgotten for good urgent pressing reasons around racial and um, ethnic um, uh, realities. Um, but to come back to your point, yes, um, about, about management, I think a lot of firms make the mistake or corporate America makes the mistake that this is really a cultural question rather than a professional and a training one in addition, right? Which is why um, I think being able to empower uh, managers and, um, and aspiring managers with concrete, hard skills about how to communicate, integrate um, groups, make sure that there's uh, diverse, uh, diverse value of opinion on teams um, uh, is so important and why we've invested in it for so long. Um, second, I think your wider view um, of what diversity and inclusion uh, should be is has always been really important uh, to me, to us, you know, as a founder, you know, uh, Clyde Group is minority 
owned and operated. We are certified by the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, right? I'm a gay immigrant um, suffering from uh, an often uh, stigmatized uh, disease, HIV. So, you know, I've, brought, I've come at this from a, from a different but very complementary angle. So there's, there's that, there is age, um, there's veteran status, there's differently abled status. All of that um, has to be accounted for, thought about, and critically surveyed and reported. I would also add, you mentioned diversity of views. That's important too, right? Incorporating in these fractious, difficult political times and appropriately incorporating different political um, or social views is really important as well. Um, and then um, where we're very focused is on mental health, um, which is often stigmatized and uh, overlooked, um, pr promoting, um, promoting both the culture of being able to talk about it and to be able to uh, prioritize on that for individual needs, uh, on cultural uh, diversity uh, as well. And Contessa mentioned some of the observations that we're discussing, right? This doesn't have to be serious, um, negatively focused um, uh, stuff all the time. Uh, it can be, as Contessa alluded to, you know, a uh, fun cinematography um, a trip for Black History Month. Um, and then um, also uh, around education and training, not just for managers, but for everyone around uh, bias in the workplace, uh, for example, um, and how to give feedback to people that are different from yourself. Uh, so I, taking that wider view, I think is really important without taking away the power that race and ethnicity currently have uh, as a top priority. Um, okay, you got a lot of work. <laughs> I don't know how you get your work done. Oh yeah, I mean, I look if it's for us, but uh, but it, yeah, but but we all have a lot of work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I appreciate your efforts, and I appreciate you speaking with us about them, and and I hope we can continue the conversation as these things unfold and continue and grow. Thank you. It was really great to have a chance to discuss our journey with you today. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.